Let's have a look at uh, Colossians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read verses 19 to 23. Okay. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds through your evil behaviour, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Amen. Now, sometimes we come to wrong conclusions about something, and as a result of that, we we make mistakes. So perhaps a wrong assumption about somebody, and we then say something hurtful because we've misunderstood them. Or maybe we we all do this, don't we? We overanalyze a situation, and it you know it goes round and round in our minds, and we get needlessly worked up, and we do something rash as a result. Thinking in the wrong way can lead to acting in the wrong way. Now, the Apostle Paul here wants, wants us to know that we can do that with God as well. We can think wrongly about God, and as, as a result, we can be living in ways that actually do, do us no good. Uh, the way Paul puts it here is that we become alienated or estranged from God in our minds. Uh, to be alienated or estranged from someone means you don't really know them at all. Uh, we, we might even, Paul says, view God with hostility. The word he uses can signify a hatred, or as the NIV puts it, being an enemy. Uh, but if we think of God in those terms, as you know, of hostility and, or as an enemy, if we alienate ourselves from God in our minds, we can also then become estranged from God in our behaviour and how we live. We can act in ways, in other words, that are a million miles from who God is. And that matters because if, as we've seen in this chapter, God is a God of goodness and love, then thinking and living in ways that are estranged from him means we're really living our lives alienated from that goodness and that love, which are his character. So remember verses 15 to 20, Paul explained how God thinks and how God behaves. He said that God is reconciling and mending and making peace in the world. He is the God whose pleasure is to heal the whole of creation through Jesus Christ. God is the God who came to us and gave himself to us in order to bring things together again, we're told. But if we're therefore thinking differently than that, that will lead to very different behaviour in our lives. You know, instead of lives that heal and reconcile like God does... (coughs) Paul speaks instead about, well, he, the translate, the NIV says evil behaviour. Uh, the word that Paul uses there is not the usual word for evil as opposed to good. Uh, the word he uses here, here comes from a root word that means pain. So he's talking about behaviour or actions that cause harm or pain, maybe to ourselves or to one another or to the creation around us. Now, I mention that just because, you know, the word evil can have all sorts of connotations, but the word here is really about actions that do us no good at all. They hurt rather than heal. 
Now, these verses suggest, I think, that, though, that wrong thinking about God leads to that. Now, someone might immediately say, does it really, though? I mean, is it really a behaviour about how we see God? I think the way I see it is this. Look, although God can mean different things to different people, everyone has some sort of overall framework by which we understand things. You know, and that framework, that ultimate understanding of how it all works, that occupies, for everybody, that framework occupies a position in our minds that shapes and interprets the way we see everything else. So even for someone who does not believe in God, perhaps, it is still, for them in their life too, about how we understand things at that big level. You know, how the universe is wired, we might say, or how life is ordered, or how things work and are structured. The grid that we think everything sort of fits into, it works like that, we would say. That overarching understanding of life, which all of us have as human beings, will shape our actions. I think, uh, Mike, am I right? Bob Dylan said, you, you've got to serve somebody. Everybody serves something, someone. All of us do. You know, whether someone believes in God or not, we serve some sort of overarching thing, principle, that we believe life fits into. And yes, you know, when we think about religion, there have been some terrible theologies over the centuries, some of them actually calling themselves Christian theologies, that have caused more harm than pain in the world because they start with wrong assumptions about that ultimate reality by which things work. So it, I really do think Paul's right. You know, how we think, how we understand things really does affect how we live. Now, God doesn't want us to live in ways that harm ourselves and one another. He wants us to know him truly, as he is revealed in Jesus, so that we will then live like him. Uh, and by the way, this is why, again and again, the Bible and Jesus himself said, it comes down to this. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Those two are always connected. You know, a, a love for God will become love for others as for myself. How we know God becomes how we know and therefore love one another. Now the trouble is, as Paul says here, we, we can really misunderstand God. Perhaps there are reasons for that, maybe bad experiences of religion that you've had have given you a false impression of God. Many of us have had negative experiences of church, perhaps, or of religion more generally. Uh, when, when we do, by the way, and we think about that and we feel like just giving up on it all, perhaps, I would always suggest come back to Jesus. Jesus shows exactly what God is really like. You know, no matter what the bad experiences you've had of religion or church, just come back to Jesus and look at what he shows us. Because actually, I do not know, I don't know about you, but I do not know anyone else like Jesus. Jesus remains the most captivating, fascinating, genuine, inspiring, endearing, and I sound a bit trendy here, he's just the coolest person I have ever known of. Seriously. But of course, perhaps as Paul says here, perhaps we've what we thought about God is actually a million miles from Jesus, from the truth, therefore. 
so that we've effectively become like strangers to Jesus in our thinking. And if we've got God wrong, maybe our lives are becoming shaped in the wrong way too. But all is not lost, because God is, as we've read already in this chapter, the God who's making peace, who's reconciling everything to himself. In other words, bringing it all back to who he really is. All things even in heaven and on earth, it says. And he doesn't give up on us, you and me, just because, even though we may have thought completely wrongly about God, even made ourselves his enemies, he is the God who still, his pleasure, is to reconcile you to himself through Jesus. And Paul celebrates that fact in verses 21 to 23, when he thinks about his Christian friends living in Colossae, that's who he was writing to. Because he remembers how their minds and their lives, like his own, were once they're so wrong about God. But now, he says, God has reconciled them to himself through Jesus. Jesus has changed everything for them. Jesus is God, remember, fully visible to us, verse 15. He, Jesus is the one who created all things, we've been told, verse 16. But he's also the one, in verse 22 now, who came to us in a body of flesh. Think about that. You know, why, why does Paul mention the, the physical human body of Jesus at this point? I think because it's there that we see God and man, the divine and the human, united in the physical person of Jesus. In other words, he, and why is he doing that? In order to do the same in a way for us, to you. To, to reconcile, to unite, to bring back together the rest of us human beings and God. So it's like when we look at the physical person of Jesus, God and human perfectly one, he is almost like the demonstration of what Paul's told us God is doing for us all, bringing us and himself together again as one. Now, as these verses say, it's, it's not that God hates us, or makes himself our enemy. It's not that he is hostile to us or pushes us away. That comes, Paul says, from our end. And it often starts up here in our minds. It's about our thinking, our behaviour, Paul says. God, is the, in, this, in these verses, he's always coming near to rescue us, to make peace, to reconcile and restore things together again. Now, we have to ask ourselves, do, do we really want to be estranged from a God like that? From the God who has loved us enough to go to a cross for us? That's a, a, such an important question. It's about whether we're going to walk either a path that, that will ultimately harm us, or a path that will bring us healing and peace with God. Now the Bible, this is such an important question that the Bible actually uses some, some quite stark images and, and, and metaphors and pictures to make us think about, you know, where are you going? Um, it will say things like, if we carry on along a, a path away from God, we can end up completely destroying ourselves. It says we'll run so far from God's light, we'll end up in complete outer darkness, for example. Or we'll become so estranged from God that we're forever separated from the presence of the Lord. Or we'll destroy not only our body, but our very soul as a human race. Or as Jesus put it on one occasion, he said there is a pathway that leads to the destruction of life. 
rather than the gaining of life. And it is so easy, Jesus said, for us to walk in that destructive path. But we don't need to, because God is kind of, you know, if you imagine us wandering off away further from God, God interrupts us, our estrangement, our hostility, our enmity, and he interrupts it with Jesus, dying on a cross to bring us back to himself, showing us who God really is towards us. And in doing so, God is pointing us to the other pathway, the pathway that Jesus said leads to life, and that pathway is to believe and follow this God who gives himself for us. What God has done for us is the opposite of our estrangement. He, he doesn't alienate himself from us. He comes actively to us in the most tangible way, in, in the very flesh of a body, Paul says, in Jesus Christ. So do you see the direction of the movement from us to God here? We push away, push back, become hostile, but God comes closer and draws near and even dies on a cross here in this world where we are in order to reconcile us and make peace. So, so God has interrupted our hostility, our enmity, our hatred by doing the opposite, not hating us in return, but giving himself in the love of the cross. He has interrupted the pain we cause, the evil, by doing the opposite. Instead of causing pain, Jesus carried all the pain, all our sins, in his own body on the cross, where all the evil of the world crucified Jesus. And instead of retaliating, he took it and said, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing, he said. In all, and in all our violence against God and each other, all our fighting, Jesus on the cross refuses to respond in violence, but instead responds with mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. So this is a God who, even though we make ourselves his enemies, he refuses to be an enemy to us. And instead he comes among us in flesh and dies to save us. And he calls you today to change your course, to follow him and join him in making things new. God is good news because he is that God. We can get God really wrong in our thinking. But it's in Jesus that we see who he really is. And there is no one more compelling than Jesus Christ. Paul says when he wrote to the Corinthians in the, in the Bible, Christ's love compels us. Or he said to the Galatians, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you really want to be estranged from that or do we not instead want to change our thinking that's literally what the word repent means by the way change our thinking and start living in the reconciling love of God who is bringing things together sometimes people sort of ask you know why be a Christian when there's been so much corruption so much control and power playing over the centuries so much nonsense to be honest, done in the name of God over the centuries. Why be a Christian? Well, for me, you know, we would all give our own answer to that, but one of the things I would say is that if you actually listen to what Jesus did and said, I do not know of anything or anyone else who gives a more healthy 
and hopeful and healing direction to humanity than Jesus does. What he says about God's love for us, about ourselves and who we are, and God's forgiveness towards us, about how Jesus said we should treat one another and the world around us. If we would actually listen to Jesus and stop turning Jesus, as sometimes it happens, into an opportunity for our own gain, if we just listen to Jesus and actually follow him, it does tremendous good for us individually in terms of who we are and how we understand God and also for us as a human race. We can love God and love our neighbour as ourselves and that will change the world for the better. Uh, somebody wrote this. Um, we do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe or by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Now, in case anyone here thinks, well, I'm not good enough to be part of this, verse 22 says that Jesus presents you holy and spotless and free from any accusation in God's sight. The imagery there is taken from the temple in the Old Testament, uh, in, the, in the old temple, you know, they had lots of uh, furnishings and apparatus that they would use for the temple procedures. And everything had to be purified. It was all cleaned in particular ways and it was made holy uh, in order to then be, you know, fit for God, you know, to be presentable to God, if you like. But that was just a building, you know, that was an impression of the realities. Paul says that it's an illustration ultimately of what Jesus actually now does for us human beings, despite all the alienation, all the hostility we have, all the wrong that we carry in us, Jesus, as it were, he says, takes us, cleans us up, makes us totally new, and presents us perfect to God. It doesn't matter whether you feel good enough. Jesus says, I'm not bothered whether you feel good enough. I'm presenting you perfect to God. And that's what Jesus has done for us. And it says in verse 23, you know, in case there's still someone said, well, can't be for me. Verse 23, Paul, I love the way Paul puts it here. This good news has been heard and proclaimed to every, not just every person, but every creature. Anything alive is, is invited to this good news about what Jesus is doing. It is for you as well. You know, no matter who you are or how far from God your thinking or your life might have become, God is the reconciler of all things, Paul has told us. Jesus will present you perfect in God's sight. Put your faith in that. Paul tells us, continue in that, established and rooted in that, not moving from it. In other words, he's saying, look, build your lives on Jesus. Be rooted in Jesus like a, like a plant in the ground. In other words, like your, he's the source of your life now. Be built on Jesus like a building is built on a foundation. He will be your strength and your stability. He'll be underneath everything you do and everything you are. Jesus has told you, God loves you. Christ became human for you. He died for you. He's risen again for you. God and man, bringing God and mankind together again. And Paul says to us, I think today, be part of that. Amen.